Good morning, Montview. This is such an honor for me to be here today, and I thank you. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now, people have told me that I should start my sermon with something humorous, but given these times in our country and the world, I don't feel much like being humorous today. I hear the words of Lady Liberty ringing in my spirit. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Two days from now will be the July 4th Independence Day, a day associated with freedom for most Americans. Freedom is precious to all Americans, although not granted to all. People have died trying to gain it. People have died trying to preserve it. The concept of freedom is what this nation is founded upon. And it mattered to the people in the Bible and it mattered to God. What does it mean to be truly free? As I began studying the scriptures in preparation for this message today, I started to focus on the word emancipation and what it means to us as Christians. First, let me take you back to the Old Testament. In Exodus, we read that God delivered the Israelites from slavery to freedom. Then, he had Moses deliver his law, the Ten Commandments, to his people. In these, God prescribed how his people should live and act in a way that pleased him. You know them. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thy thou shalt not covet. And you know the others too. But many of God's most beloved people did not live up to these laws. Because God knew this, and later, after the people also knew in their hearts that they could not achieve freedom on their own, God sent salvation in the form of his son, Jesus. So that whosoever believes in him will be set free. Freedom means our slate is wiped 
cling. Christ has set us free. Now, that might be the most powerful moment in the life of a Christian. John writes in chapter 8, verse 36, that Jesus said, So, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. What has Christ freed us from? Many of us are enslaved to ourselves. This is an act of selfishness. We do what we want, we act as we please, and we expect others to accept our actions. In essence, we want to be the center of the universe. But Jesus has set us free from a self-centered universe. We are freed from our own bondage of selfishness, passion, and pride. How so? Sometimes we allow unnecessary, even dangerous elements of fear, worry, unkind thoughts, envy, hatred, or greed to build up in our minds and our hearts. These behaviors get in the way of our connection to Christ. Through our faith, we surrender these matters to God, thus realizing Christ's gift to be free indeed. How does this freedom apply to Christians today? It is more than the freedom to attend church or not, nor the freedom to choose the denomination we prefer. When Jesus sets us free, it makes a greater impact on our lives in that we are free indeed to live productive, healthy, and whole lives. The key question is, have you ever thought about what it means to be truly free? Do we even know that we are free? On January 1st, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, which declared that all persons held as enslaved people within the rebellious states shall be set free. After the South was defeated, the news spread that all slaves are free. However, the masters did not tell the slaves in Texas, and they did not find out until Union General Gordon Granger brought the news two years later. On June 19, 1865, which is why we celebrate Juneteenth. Even though they got the word, they did not live free, walk free, or talk free. After a lifetime and generations of slavery, it was inconceivable for them actually to believe they were free. 
We have much in common with the slaves who did not know. Despite accepting Christ, many of us cannot afford avoid harmful, unhealthy, and captive ways. Fear, anxiety, discrimination, and addiction have no right to dominate our lives. Our lives belong to Christ. Shame or guilt can overwhelm us and keep us in captive. How many times have we wanted to correct a mistake or take back unpleasant words or actions? <laughs> I'm guilty of having a quick tongue, of hurting someone's feelings, and then going back and apologizing. I have learned that these emotions can ultimately strip our joy, rob the peace God gave us, and keep us in bondage. How many of us hold on to a grudge? We want others to suffer from what we perceive to be a slight or wrong against us. I ask, whether that behavior sets you free or keeps you in bondage. Now, Paul tells us that he had a thorn in the flesh. Unforgiveness is one of the greatest thorns that one can have in the flesh. I am not saying that it was Paul's thorn, but it can be ours. Jesus' sacrifice brought us God's forgiveness. That tells us that God's grace should be enough for us to forgive and love one another. Paul says it this way, God's grace is sufficient. Powerful words, but those that don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. Physical slavery persists in many forms today. Human trafficking, which is not only sexual slavery of women and girls, it can happen anywhere, from agricultural fields, to restaurants, to private homes, to forcing people to be, be mules for the drug trade. It is child labor and debtor's prison, where in some states like California, you can be put in jail but not paying a fine and spend X number of days in jail before the courts release you. Those caught up in this bondage are yearning to be free. Oh, oh, blessed freedom. Recently, when the Southern Baptist Convention expelled two of its member churches for having women preachers, Dr. Serene Jones, president of Union Theological Seminary, said, and I quote, the Southern Baptist Convention, their beliefs about gender roles are flat-out sexist, oppressive and deeply unjust. No debate needed. 
end quote. Where is the freedom for those women? Well, I thought, personally I thought, that they must not have known our miraculous co-pastor, Clover Beale. Otherwise, they might have rethought what they did. When some censure and ban books in classrooms, they take, take knowledge away from our children. Did they ever think that my children also have the right to learn the truth about their history? Shouldn't all children know their history? Where, oh where, is freedom? When there is discrimination against our LGBTQ plus brothers and sisters, who do they turn to? When our children know in their hearts who they truly are, but have to face bullying, harassment, rejection, and violence, where is their freedom? Here is a tiny prayer of freedom to our brothers and sisters. May you remember that any church that refuses to respect your life does not deserve to affect your life. May you find your faith in the chosen family that not only affirms your existence, but loudly, lovingly celebrates it. And may your spirit be infused with the gospel truth that the divine delights in every single moment you dare to spend being unapologetically, fabulously you. Now some say we are in a post-racial period and live in a colorblind society. They say, I don't see race. I am a proud black woman. I want you to see me as a black woman. Race matters. Many of my family and other families fell victim to slavery, sharecropping, redlining, GI loans, subpar schools, Jim Crow, and our own government's duplicity in those laws. We are bound by structured racism that still exists today. On Thursday, the majority in the Supreme Court struck down affirmative action in college admissions. Well, I'm going to quote Justice Katanji Brown Jackson, who wrote in a powerful dissent to the University of Carolina, North Carolina case that deeming race irrelevant in law does not make it so in life. It is time for Christian people to give voice to freedom for everybody, everywhere. The German theologian Martin Niemöller said, First, they came for the communist, and I did not speak out.
Then they came for the socialist, and I did not speak out. Then they came for the trade unionist, and I did not speak out. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak. Montville, we say openly that all people are welcome to worship and enjoy in our church. Is that what we feel in our hearts? Yes, I believe it is what we feel because we have started to do the courageous work through our anti-racism trust team and its study groups using Dr. Jamar Tisby's books, The Color of Compromise, The Truth About the American Church's Complicity in Racism and How to Fight Racism, Courageous Christianity, and the Journey Toward Racial Justice. Our minister of music, Adam Waite, collects and pays reparation funds whenever we perform music born from spirituals. Performing these pieces at Montview is a powerful reminder to us as a congregation, the slaves' faith in God in the midst of unbelievable hardship. You've also heard, undoubtedly, the saying that freedom isn't free. And the collection of these funds is both symbolic and a practical response to that sentiment. But let us continuously ask, how can Montview be the church of our aspirations and hopes to be who God calls us to be. Christ has work for us to do. May you be something more than commercialized, commodified sugar and spice. May you be a steady spiritual imperative that pushes out of our, us out of our comfort zones and calls us again and again to radical relationships, to deeper commitment to justice, accountability, honesty, repair, and transformation. May you be a constant that cannot be abused or manipulated. May you be a renewable resource that respects boundaries but refuses to erect false borders and walls. May you be a truth that every living being feels enveloping their souls. And may God nudge us faithfully and firmly toward horizons, horizons of community and care that we haven't yet dared ourselves to imagine. Montview, I have good news for us. We have been set free. We are forgiven, free indeed. The author Toni Morrison tells us, 
The function of freedom is to free someone else. So, if you truly want to feel free, you should try to help others and free them too. So I ask you, how are you living your freedom? And are you setting others free? Amen.